You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. This is Sports Day for Kia. The striking Kia range, the cornerstone of progressive technology, blistering performance and quality design. That's Kia. Welcome to the summer edition of Sports ASA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. You'll hear Sports ASA at 6 p.m. every night uh, with me, Paul Bonzer. And tonight uh, I've got alongside me former Hawthorne player, now Norwood coach, Jade Rawlings. Welcome back, Twig. Afternoon or evening, Bonds. Yes. Good to see you again. How's your week been? Uh, been pretty busy. Busy, 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 as it always is, but uh, going along okay. You like no being casualties busy, don't you? So, so far? You like being busy, don't you? I do like being busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keeps me out of trouble. Um, we got a big show again. Uh, what I'm, one thing that we gave you some homework last night for you to pick your best AFL backline. So your seven defenders. And probably in the, in the shape of a backline, and uh, so looking forward to that. You've come up with that, haven't you? Great exercise. Yeah, I really enjoyed having it thrown. I'm, probably if there's an area where I'm really passionate about, it, it's backline. Coached it a yeah, lot, of course, uh, in past life. But there are some quality defenders in the AFL, and there'll be some people who strongly disagree with my view, which uh, we were very open to, aren't we, Paul? But absolutely. Uh, but yeah, it's such a critical line. You do not win premierships unless you've got a stoic, strong, talented. Big person, big strong personality yep. backline, and uh, yeah, it was very good. Good little challenge to try and construct one. That's good. Uh, Collingwood have named their captain. We'll talk about that. Uh, the Carlton um, AFLW team have uh, moved their coach on, and I know you're a, a friend of Dan Hufford, so we'll speak about that as well. And later on in the show, Willem Drew from the Port Adelaide Footy Club, their midfielder, uh, the ginger. Midfielder will be talking to us. Looking forward to chat with him too. Yeah, likewise. He's had a good career. He's played 50-odd games yep. now. And I think he had to cut his teeth in the SANFL for a year, Bonds, maybe after he first yeah. got drafted. But yeah. once he got in, 2019 was his debut. He hasn't gone out and he's become a very strong, consistent AFL player. You can be part of the show as well. You can text in on 0427 154 166 or give us a call. Start thinking about your backline players, who you like in the AFL to put in your backline, see if they match up with Twigs. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 right, let's get into it, uh, Twig. Thanks to Repco Authorised Service Centre. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre for expert car service. Book online at repcoservice.com. Sports Day SA. It's my Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. All right, let's talk about, the, I guess, the topic of the day. It's not a very um, happy topic. Uh, disturbing allegations that North Melbourne star Taryn Thomas has uh, harassment and intimidation behaviour provided by the AFL against multiple women reportedly stepping forward now. It's, um, yeah, we hate to see these stories about anyone, uh, but someone in the spotlight. It's my question for you. Twig is is can that possibly be kept out of the spotlight? No, it's impossible. As soon as anything that gets into the hands of police, it becomes pretty much within the public's right to be aware of, of why someone's been apprehended or 
an allegation has been put to them. It's uh, pretty much the worst scenario for a professional sports person is do you end up on the front page of the Herald Sun in Melbourne or the Advertiser in South Australia for behavioural reasons. And yeah. it couldn't get much worse. I looked on the Herald Sun site today and saw the photo of Taran and, yeah, it, I do believe as society at times we go to guilt before innocence. Unfortunately, Correct. this one, the, the, the multiple people that have come forward to say that they've presented allegations, scenarios to the AFL and police and then they have concerns about how it's been handled. It's a very delicate one. It puts the club in a position of it's in the hands of the police. So I think Sonia Hood was very strong today to come out and at least make members, fundamentally the footy public, aware yep. that uh, there's been a stance. But no stand down was probably where people would say, given that it's in the the police's hands is a stand down appropriate given the allegations and also if it's comparative to other scenarios where people have been stood down in recent times. That would be the one that's delicate but uh, yeah. very sensitive issue. Had one year of experience with Tyrone in 2020, was it? And mm. Tassie boy. So uh, it's a bit more personal when you know someone that's in this situation and uh, yeah, in the hands of police, I think it's sensitive and delicate to talk about when there's an investigation pending. Yeah. Um, Earlier in the year, he was charged by Victorian police uh, with account of threatening to distribute an intimate image. Um, what what role does the club play in supporting Taron? And also, next further to that, what role does the AFL play here? Well, I can assure you, Bonds, that AFL staff and players are very well educated on what the expectations are. Now, the hard bit with that is that people sit in those forums or do the online courses and they do them or they sit there and they nod. But how much is really registering? And then what else are people expected to do outside of deliver the content, give examples, present the worst case scenario? What else can you do? And then as a citizen, it's then up to you as how you choose to conduct yourself. And yeah, the more that you have professional people in an environment, you can control them to so, so far and they make decisions away from the club. And the other thing that clubs get to put in the position of bonds is they'll support to support you until they can't. So Correct. what is until you can't? And that's all. Is there multiple situations with the player? We're not referring to Tara in this particular case, but is there multiple crosses against your name? Is it an untenable situation? So the education is there, but it always takes till something bad happens until we all further educate ourselves at IFR. And I'll be upfront with you, mate. I'm ongoingly thinking of trying to get ahead of the curve as a club, as young males, what are potential hurdles or pitfalls that they could meet in their life that we could try to prevent by how we educate, present scenarios? Now, I'm not there to be their dad, neither is Fanta, our CEO, or Paul, our president, but we do have an obligation, I believe, to present scenarios to them. How can you continue to be a great human and a better individual? And if you're getting on the front foot as a club and doing that, uh, that that's all you can do. If the player then decides to do go against those guidelines or rules or uh, then that's on the player. I and think. I think I agree, Bonds, and you you should present it as a club. And I just want to speak on behalf of our club. Of course. With good intentions because like, you do it because yes. you want to, not because, oh, that safeguards us or that well, it's good governance because now they can't come back to bite us. If you're doing it with those motives, then it will go the right pear-shaped in my opinion. But uh, I, once again, it's a risk for me to talk about this stuff, but there's been a situation that, Aligns similarly to what the charge towards Taran has been. There's been a personal yep. flavour of that with me in my life through, um, yeah, mm. a person that's close to me, and yeah, I get very uncomfortable with it. Yep.
All right, let's move on. BBL Team of the Year was named, and um, I'll go through it quickly. Uh, Matt Short from the Adelaide Strikers. Steve Smith played four games. He's in at opening. Aaron Hardy had a fantastic year with the Perth Scorchers. Aaron Finch is the captain at number four. Josh Inglis, the keeper. Tim David from the Hurricanes. Michael Nisa, Sean Abbott, Andrew Ty, Tom Rogers, Paddy Dooley. I think this side, and Chris Lynn was named 12th. I think that side picked itself, really. I don't think there's been a year, BBL and any other sport, where it's been so seamless for that team to be picked, I reckon. I thought well, Smith to do it in four games is incredible. But clearly, clearly in the best team. I thought Aaron Hardy was the find of the whole tournament. He yep. is a star. And he yep. can do it at shield level as well. It wasn't. He's not just a short-form player. And, and in Dooley was the surprise packet. I think when everyone saw the action first up, if you hadn't seen him play grade cricket in Queensland, what on earth is happening here? Correct. But he was outstanding. Yeah, he played under some sufferance. He had a he had a shoulder. I think he yes. had a finger. But to, if he got smacked, he didn't get spooked. He'd come back and keep performing. So I think with Rashid as a competitor for portions of the tournament, for Dooley to be a spinner of the tournament, that's a very good feather in his cap. Out of that lineup, who should be considered for the Australian T20 side? Does Does Smith automatically open now? <laughs> I'd be very interested to see where it goes. I think the T20 team's ready for a bit of overhaul. I, I, I think the age profile is quite high. Yes, yeah. So now Steve doesn't add to that, but on performance, it's almost embarrassing. He's not in there. <laughs> but I think Hardy's the man. He's got a bit of Moses Henriques from a few years ago. He's got a bit of Marcus Stoinis yep. where serious bat- batting's the weight of why they'll be picked, but there's enough there to get four overs out of. And um, outside of dropping a couple of easy catches in the first final, he's pretty much had an exemplary tournament. Which you wouldn't normally see from Aaron Hardy. He's a very good field as well. Yeah, oh, look, I, I think Matt Short, Aaron Hardy, they're the two for mine out of that. And maybe maybe Tom Rogers because he had a really good tournament. He's got some good change-ups. So maybe – How did he not end up at the Hurricanes this year, Paul? Uh, I don't know. Cha-ching. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there was – Maybe there was. He's uh, quick. He's quick. He, he had a great it. season last year. He swings it away. He takes wickets and a ripper fella. I find it extraordinary. Yep. But he was excellent. And uh, the other one I rate really highly is Abbott. He, he's a very good cricketer. He, he doesn't do anything but give everything he's got every time he plays. And I said to someone watching the cricket the other day, for the circumstances he was in with the unfortunate Phil Hughes situation, how that young man's been able to keep living, keep being a cricketer and move forward. I've got nothing but utmost respect for him as a competitor and he's a really good performer. Excellent cricketer. A uh, bit vanilla for mine. I don't know why I think that, but just, just... We're about to have our first blue don't, here, boys. Don't, don't, you know, doesn't, doesn't do it for me. Doesn't. Uh, but what about the Tour of India? We'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, that is happening. It starts next Thursday. You'll hear it on SEN. Uh, Jerry Waitley and our man Barat Sundaresan, Adam Collins. But uh, let's have a listen to what Steve Smith said about playing in India. Looking forward to getting over to India. It's going to be a great challenge for us, so um, can't wait. Oh, I think it'll be huge for us. Um, yeah, it's it's always uh, been one that's... Um, well, I've never won there. I've been there twice. Um, in, fla- in fact, it's, it's, it's been very difficult playing there. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be good fun. And, yeah, hopefully we can have our plans in place and, and play the right style of cricket and hopefully have some success. Your thoughts on the tour and how Smith will go personally? I just think he's in this. He's in a mindset. For me, it's not form. For me, it, with him, it's mindset. And you can listen to him talk about his hands. So that actually means something to him. And yes. He, when he's clear with how he feels, then generally that relates to performance. And 
I think there's not too many current cricketers that would say they're comfortable with their Indian performances. I'm not saying that all of them have performed badly, but they're not winning and have they had an exceptional tour like a Matty Hayden did 20 years ago Correct. who just took on spin and just was able to smack them. But uh, I think it's one of the great tours, the Indian one, because how unique it is for crowds, for conditions and obviously pitch conditions. So I'll be interested to see how we construct our team, the Cam Green situation, whether he can bowl, Starks, what we hear is going to be out. What's the right balance with two spinners? Uh, how many bats? All that sort of stuff. Yep. Does Kerry bat at six? There's a lot that presents to the first selection of this first test team. I um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how Travis Head goes. He's not under pressure. He's had two fantastic years in the Aussie side, but playing against spin, that's his obvious weakness. And it'll be good to see Trav succeed in India. And have a good. He uh, seems good to have tour. unlocked what it takes to be a good player. Yes, for himself rather yes. than anyone else. And I think that's half the battle with get to high level sport is are you playing how someone wants you to play, or are you playing in a flow state where it's natural to you and you bring all your your capabilities to the fore? And it it still staggers me how he wasn't player of the tournament in the last three tests. That's extraordinary. But um, he's well, yeah, that was a if, an oversight. Yeah, he's. A, a, Really good player that could have a massive influence if he got going over there against spin. Coming up on the show, we're going to put Twig under pressure. He's going to name his best AFL backline from all the backline players in the AFL coming up here on the summer edition of Sports Day SA. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The striking Kia range, the cornerstone of progressive technology, blistering performance and quality design. That's Kia. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports ASA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Paul are with you and Jade Rawlings with me. Um, Twig, now we gave you some homework to come up with your best backline. Before we get into that, we had a text in from Mario from Maslin's Beach. Norwood love an 18-man defence, he reckons. Yeah. <laughs> Do you take offence to that? Oh, a massive compliment. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right, um... Twigs Back 7 is brought to us by Mate 5G Mobile Plans from $40. 5G Mobile Plans in every territory or state. Why wait? Switch to Mate. Sports Day SA. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. And you can text in 0427154166. And Jade Rawlings has picked the best well, he's built a back line out of the AFL from all the teams. So where are we starting, Twig? Well, I'm just starting with getting used to offending people when you put these things together. <laughs> you asked, hit me up with back, uh, top 80 it's the other week. It's just an opinion. It's just an opinion. Mate, did I get some feedback from my Victorian mates about not putting the Bulldogs in and uh, well, the Carlton mates were happy and all that sort of stuff. I've had a great exercise. I, I really value individuals and I love a back group that really play well together. And a lot of the decisions I make here in, in this little group – uh, based on the, how they will complement each other and a specific needs basis. So I've got Luke Ryan in there from Fremantle. Uh, he's played undersized for the best part of four years. He's starting to get a bit yep. of support now that Pierce plays every week and that Brennan Cox is down yes. there. And He's Mark Oppo, his kick and his competitiveness to defend. Oh, massive fan, former Coburg player, came a different pathway as well. really admire that part of his background. Steve May at fullback. I think May and... Uh, Jacob Wiedering are the best fullbacks in the comp. Was that an easy selection? Oh, 
No, it wasn't. But I think May just stands out. I just think he's the best fullback at the moment. Yep. He, he's consistent. He does pick up 10 kicks a game by playing on from fullback, which is kudos to Stephen yes. to think of that. But he he's competitive. He's aerial. He's a kicker. Um, he's a leader as well. He gets things done. Tom Stewart is so far the best third tall back in the comp. Like he just aerial, outstanding. He's a kick. He, he does value defense as well. I, I rarely see him get defense and offense mixed up. And players that – so Ryan and Stewart are probably competing against the Vlost and Howe, Jordan Ridley, Nick Haynes, those types. Yep. Uh, Braden Maynard on the halfback flank. I, I think he plays footy the way – if you had Maynard in your team, every the supporter base would be pretty happy. High-level competitor, ruthless competitor, but has definitely found that really good balance of offensive flavour to occasionally tags in the midfield, but by and large he's a defender. Uh, his teammate Darcy Moore, we got announced captain today, is an outstanding centre-half back. I think – Sam Taylor is probably one of the other competitors for that position at centre half back. And Lear Lear, I'm a big fan of as well. I think uh, plays really good style of footy. Uh, but Darcy Moore, just outstanding and one on one defence. Occasionally just probably tries to outread the kicker and gets done. But he's yep. generally the balance between those two is very good. But Christian Salem on a half back flank, somewhat forgotten maybe in the last 12 months because he started the season with a knee injury last year. But one thing that is crucially important with the way teams like to trap the ball in the front end, is that having a player that gets you out of trouble by finding a mark. Now, I think Nick Dacos is becoming one of the best players at getting Collingwood out of trouble to find a mark. I think Salem's been one of the best for a good four or five years. His composure, he's tough, he's, he's skilled, he's a left footer, and yeah, he's got a good balance as well. And the seventh man is Blake Hardwick. I think he's been underrated for a long time. Internally, high-level recognition from teammates. But of course. I watch small forwards have that look in their eye that go, oh, no, I've got to play on Hardwick. And he is... Brutally ruthless towards his closing of space, defending drop a ball, aerial at the right time, and, and his decision-making is excellent. So uh, the other seven, unlucky people. Jack Sinclair, a massive fan of. I think Sam Doherty's outstanding player. Caleb Daniel at his best is a halfback. Yes, That's where yes. he plays his best. Daniel Rioli last year had a, a very good year, and I'm a big fan of Isaac Quainor. And yep. probably the, from the Lions, Brandon Stasevich for a okay. you know, genuine lockdown, yep. a bit like I was talking about Hardwick. So yep. mentioned a fair few there in the end, but that's seven of the ones that stood out to me in doing that exercise that would get a game done. They could play on the tools, market oppo, and also use the ball by foot. All right. So, so that's uh, Ryan May Stewart, Maynard Moore Salem with Blake Hardwick coming off the bench to uh, slot into. With a lot of unlucky Remember. players, just to very unlucky <laughs> players. Well, I, I think that's a really solid backline, and well, you haven't just picked the best six, uh, seven defenders. This is in position. What differences would you have? Um, oh, look, I I like Grimes, um, and I like Dale. So they're they're the two that I might have had in, but it's yeah, it's tough. You only got seven out of. What what and on that sheet you got about thirty names? Yeah, probably twenty twenty five. Well, Jacob Wetherings another one as a key back. Been a, if you get a draft pick, not many tools come in and nail a key position from yeah. the number one draft pick or first round. Wetherings been very very good the last couple of years. And as you mentioned, Darcy Moore was named captain of Collingwood today. He's the forty eighth captain of the Collingwood Footy Club, and uh, he'll have assistance from Taylor Adams, Jeremy Howe, and Braden Maynard. They'll be in the leadership group as well. You can stream every NFL game live on NFL Game Pass. Visit nflgamepass.com. Coming up after the break, uh, coming up very shortly on the show, it's William Drew from the Port Adelaide Football Club. This is a summer edition of Sports Day SA.
You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The striking Kia range, the cornerstone of progressive technology, blistering performance and quality design. Welcome back. You're listening to the summer edition of Sports ASA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Paul Bonza and Jade Rawlings with you, the Norwood Premiership coach. He loves me saying that. Uh, Jade, we've got a text in for you. Um, James has texted in wanting to know. He lived in Tassie between 92 and 96 and played for Sandy Bay Reserves. Uh, he wants to know your recollection, recollections of Nigel and Adam Playfreman. Uh, Paul Freeman. Paul Freeman, yeah, sorry. So the TFL in the mid-90s was going as well as it could. The, most clubs had one or two ex-AFL players. Sandy Bay were a strong club. The Paul Freeman boys were good players. Right. Uh, thanks for that, James. It won't mean much to South Australians, but for us Tassie people, Sandy Bay and that period of time, the 90s, was when the comp was going real well. He also mentioned a certain hotel um, that you might be familiar with, I, uh, Dr. Syntax Hotel. I remember tripping over my feet and stumbling into <laughs> Dr. Syntax three times in my life. <laughs> they serve real cold beer down there, boys, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, fantastic. You can be part of the show as well. Text in on 0427 154 166, just like James did. And we're just uh, looking after the show for David Wildey and Malcolm Blight, who'll be back just before the start of footy season and take you through the whole winter. And that's David Wildey and the man himself, the Messiah, Malcolm Blight. Time for a bit of Lost in the Wash, thanks to Toolkit Depot, your one-stop shop to get back on the tools. New year means new gear at Toolkit Depot. Sports Day SA. It's a Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Well, you weren't here yesterday and we did speak um, with Sean Tui from The Sample about the fixture that was released. Um, some good highlights, I think. I think it's a pretty good fixture. What are your initial thoughts as far as the Norwood footy clubs are concerned? Is yeah, concerned? zero care factor for how it comes out for <laughs> us because the, the comp is so incredibly even that you play each other twice, one at home and one away. Now, Yes, there are times you'd like to play and offset the home games, the away games, but uh, there's a lot that goes into it. People would be surprised at what gets factored in. So the SANFL do a great job to create a competition that does enable Adelaide and Port to be able to complement their AFL program as much as humanly possible and where the buyers fit in to get a state game in. They do a great job. And we've landed three home games in a row at the start with the Eagles' inability to be able to play at home because of the construction of the grandstand. So uh, that put us in a position to host them round one and where I think we probably would have been away in the original fixture, yes, the, the draft that, yep, of it. Yep, Sean but, mentioned that last night. But I think the Thursday night, last the first game I was fortunate enough to coach for Nord was a, I think a Thursday night against Port going yep. into Easter and it was off its head. I, we were genuinely blown away by the crowd and the atmosphere. And then last year we played on a Friday night, so we've probably found a lot of people had already gone away on the Thursday. Yep the Good Friday and the weekend. So to have that game against Sturt on a Thursday is a big deal for our club. And then the Anzac Day game for us is a huge deal. Like it's a great reward for being grand finalists the previous year. So for us in North Adelaide to be on that day on a Tuesday, uh, that should be a really big deal to have a good crowd on a public holiday and uh, be able to battle it out again with, with North. But I, th- I love the concept of the regional games. I think it's really healthy. Yes. It's about the right amount, Bonds. I think it, we get to play a game in Port Lincoln and it means a lot to us as a club. Yeah, it was, it was really good. I, I was fortunate enough to go to Port Lincoln last year as well, and it was a fantastic atmosphere. Uh, pretty good game of footy. You were obviously just a little bit better than West Adelaide on the day. Um, but 
the, just the atmosphere and the crowd and to be able to be in a regional area and bring sample footy to the to the region, it was great. Yeah, it's huge. And I think there's a game in Loxton as well. Yes. And there was yeah. one in Wyala last year. So I think that side of what the, the clubs and the competition are doing is excellent. But the Port Lincoln game is huge. I had a young player, Josh Bradford, who's just come up from the under-18s, is from Port Lincoln and yeah. just made comment to me last night about that game and um, – I think he was alluding to the desire of wanting to be selected for it. But, uh, it's a bit early, is it? I said, mate, you do know that we dropped a Port Lincoln player last year for that game. No? So, uh, but it was the fact that the, what it means to our – because it's a big part of our club, the Port yep. Lincoln and Air Peninsula region, and for us to play a game with those individuals to go back and play at home is a big deal. Yeah, hats off to your club because it really was a, a, an outstanding game out there and all the other things around it, the um, – the Anzac ceremony as well. Um, that was the next morning, uh, which yeah, it was just, it was just a great a great weekend. Um, playing the first game at home, yeah, you're supposed to play at Woodville, um, Wanting Key Oval, but uh, is is that a bit of a bonus? Get to unfurl the flag. Yeah, I, that's stuff that I don't really have, don't think about. Then when you say it, I go far. It's it'll be a big deal. I don't know where we fit into it on the night. I think it's more for our supporters, to be frank, but. I hadn't thought about that until you mentioned it. And, yeah, you look at things. You can justify your own cause. Like, we play three home games in a row at the start. Great result. Does you, put pressure on it, more away games at the back. It'll, it will balance itself yeah. out. Does Do you think that uh, – question without notice – do you think that unfurling the premiership flag just before the start of play is going to give your boys a bit of a pump up? I don't believe in that stuff, personally. I think that if we have to generate a motivational um, – or create something that's going to get you feeling good about yourself. We've missed the mark, but it's going to be hard to deny that the the players are a bit involved. of excitement. Maybe oh, it would be huge. It would be great experience bonds because I'm not trying to play it down. No. It's more would that enable us to play well? I don't think so. But will it be an unbelievable reflection and capture of our last year? Yes, it will be. You mentioned the state game there. Um, premiership coach is normally the state coach. Is that how it works? That's normally how it works yeah, historically. I'd- I'm um, unsure. Uh, if, if that happens, it may not happen. Who knows? But uh, let's say it's going to happen. You looking? Would you look forward to that? Well, I was part of the program yes, last you year, were. and I think Jake Sheedy's the incumbent coach, and uh, Just swap seats. Is I that... know how much it meant to him <laughs> to, to be the state coach, and so I'm not sure how it works, and whether it's just a fait accompli or whether it's still a a person that they they select or uh, offer the job to. So, not something that I'm aware of how it works, but. To be in this competition for a couple of years and see how it works, I really value being part of that program as an assistant last year. Yeah, my understanding is you uh, have the job. So, um, yeah, let's let's hope that – because it's in Adelaide. Yeah, it, yes. I, I, but it, how good is it the state of origin is still valued? Because I was talking to you off air. It yep. still staggers me that since the AFL side of state of origin has uh, weaned off and how, why are we not capturing teams of the year? <laughs> South, we had – BBL team of the year. Why does South Australia and Western Australia and Victoria still not capture their teams of the year? Like, there's certainly enough players to choose from. So uh, the value that when you meet a, a player who played State of Origin footy in AFL, they loved it and yeah. still revel in talking about it. So I, I feel for current AFL players that don't get that recognition. I, I love this idea and I think it should be part of Brownlow Medal Night is that the state teams are actually named and presented with a jumper. As a, fr- a jumper in a frame and yep. in position, like that is, that's a big deal. And because yep. when people do it, you look at it and you go, "Fire!" That's that's a serious team. And, and I I think if that happens for a couple of seasons, all of a sudden, 
the murmurs will come and they'll go, we need to play a game. So that's a fantastic idea uh, from Jade Rawlings there. Wants to be rec- the players to be recognised by their state. So if you're born in Victoria, state of origin, you get your jumper. If you're born in Tassie, you get a Tassie jumper yep. in may, a frame. It may have to be an allies, in fairness, with the, yeah. the Tassie, Queensland, New South Wales, Northern Territory element. The, the numbers to do a proper team of the year might be a bit thin through the AFL. So... But the concept is one that's just staggered me that we still don't recognise performance for, for state the way that it used to be. What do you think? Give us a text. 0427154166. Should players be recognised at the end of the year as a state of origin player and be presented with the South Australian jumper, a Western Australian jumper, a Victorian jumper, a Tassie jumper, Queensland jumper, Allies jumper, whatever it may be. I think it's a great idea. Um, Willem Drew coming up on the show very, very shortly. We're just uh, waiting for him to answer his phone. Can't be too far away. Just quickly, uh, we can touch on this. Uh, Carlton have parted ways with Daniel Harford, their AFLW coach. Uh, had a bit of a review and a friend of yours, Half, is uh, no longer in the job. No, great friend. Great friend of mine. Great footy person. 30 years of contribution to AFL That's, and, and footy in general. He was at Bolton Footy Club for a number of years as well. Uh, everyone's... Everyone's got a bullet with a name on it when it comes to coaching. And <laughs> Including you. <laughs> we all do. And if you think you're immune to it, you're kidding yourself. There's only one genius who's been able to get through and not get sacked, and I'll talk to you about the person another time. Uh, but half has had five years that got them to a grand final. Uh, when you hear review, it's always alarm bells. And then with the depth of what got shared from the review, it, it didn't probably augur well, but the reasoning was behind having more full-time capacity. So the – the depth and the, the energy that got put into the mail review two years ago, I think the fruits of that labour are starting to, to show and maybe this will be the, the turnaround for, for Carlton's AFLW team. But well done to half for five years of passion. He's been on a mix of media career with being a coach. He's, he's, I know that his players really enjoyed his company and, yeah, really good contribution to the competition. I think he's an excellent media talent. He's a star. He always has been yep. Bonds. When he was a player at like 22, 23 years of age, he was hosting shows on Fox Footy when yep. that channel first came out and just a natural host. Like You're very, very good and Harford would give you a nudge, I reckon, Bonds. Oh, he's got me covered easily, <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> just uh, before we go to Willem, let's go to the other side of the fence, the Crows. Mitch Hinge um, was talking about the Crows possibly making the finals. I would think, to be completely honest, I reckon that finals definitely shouldn't be out of the question. It should be probably a, a bad minimum what we'll be pushing for. I mean, coming out of last year, we did play some good footy and we did, although we were young, we've got some, you know, some really good talent. I think going forward, it's it's not just acceptable to keep pushing teams to the end. It doesn't matter how good they are. I think we want to be pushing every game and, and looking to win every game. And I think last year, especially myself, I mean, it was the first year I played a few games and, and just got a little bit, I don't know, I, I finished the year just being unsatisfied, to be completely honest. And I reckon there was a lot of boys in that boat as well. So, yeah, we want to be playing finals and we want to be pushing to win every single game. So I think that's going to be the the expectation this year. Should be the expectation for every club, shouldn't it? Yeah, I love that he was honest. Clearly the chats internally are starting to probably ramp up about what they expected themselves. And I don't think anything that people say outside of Adelaide is going to shock them that people want more from them. They want more from themselves. And the baseline's there. I let's think go, they're, they're let, in for a good year. Let's go down to Port Adelaide. Our next guest is brought to us by your local tyre power. Save on selected Falcon passenger tyres. Buy three and get one free at tyre power. Wow! I feel good. Sports Day SA. 
1323 and 1629 SENSA. Twig, our next guest is from the Port Adelaide Footy Club, one of the midfield. He's had a fantastic couple of seasons. It's Willem Drew. Welcome to the Summer Edition of Sports Day SA. Willem. No worries. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Uh, how's your pre-season going? Treating you well? Yeah, no, it has been. Um, it's been it's been pretty solid. Um, we've just sort of come off our four day break, so um, I, I stuck around Adelaide. But yeah, we've been back into it for um, the past two sessions, and yeah, no, the, the whole preseason as a whole has been um, been really good. And um, obviously, they're, they're always challenging, but um, everyone's been going well. That's what I was about to ask you, Willem. That uh, four to five years into your career now, they don't get easier the preseasons. They're probably more become mentally demanding because you know the work that's got to go into it. How do you attack them mentally? What's your strength physically? And, yeah, where are you at by this stage about to enter the games? Yeah, no, exactly. I said before, yeah, no, it definitely doesn't get any easier. And I think, yeah, probably early on my career, I, I missed a fair bit of pre-season through injury. So it's been good um, the last couple of years, I suppose, to be able to, to get through a um, whole pre-season and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I'm just loving being out on the track and um, working hard with all the boys. And, um, yeah, as you said, games aren't too far away. I think, yeah, internal trial is um, probably around two weeks away. So, um, yeah, it's come around quick and um, we're really looking forward to it. And it doesn't take much to have a slight change around a club. And with you guys, Josh Carr returns to the club and has the midfield role. Has the relationship started with Josh? And have you had much to do with him so far? Yeah, no, I've had, had a fair bit to do with him. And, um, yeah, so far he's... He's brought a lot to the club and um, gets along really well with with everyone, all the players, all the coaches, and um, yeah, he's fitting in really well. And um, yeah, as I said, he's brought a lot to the midfield group, and um, yeah, really excited to work with him. Well, how did you see your season last year personally? And further to that, what do you look forward? What have you been look doing in pre-season? Like basically to step up part of your game. What part of your games have you been focusing on? Yeah, I think for me, probably it's more the offense side of things to to be able to stay in games for a bit longer and, and have a little bit more impact on the offensive side, um, which is what I've been working on um, throughout preseason and just just trying to take the game on a little bit more and um, I suppose develop that side of my game. And um, throughout last year, I probably had a few defensive roles and whatnot, which I'm more than happy to do. But yeah, just being able to have that balance of um, both offense and defense. So yeah, that's that's what I've been working on. It's been a good way to to cut your teeth in the AFL, Will. I watched you closely since you made your debut against Melbourne in 2019. It looked as though through 20 and 21 that you were probably more the defensive-minded mid of your crew and then the opportunity to try and really add another layer to your game like you mentioned there. It feels like it's a natural thing for you to have good opponent awareness as a midfielder. Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, probably growing up through juniors and playing at a local club back in Croy, it's probably always been... Um, a big part of my game, the defensive side. And, um, yeah, as I said before, more than happy to do whatever role the team needs. But, yeah, I'm just trying to um, become yeah, a more all-rounded player and um, be able to have a bit more impact um, offensively. Who in the pre-season has impressed you so far? Will? Um, oh, I think the usual young boys, Connor Rosie, Zach Butters, um, have had outstanding pre-seasons. Um, we've got, yeah, Junior Rioli's. Um, come on board and um, some of the things he's doing has um, been incredible. So um, there's just a few that, that, have, that have stood out. But, um, yeah, most of the boys are going well and, yeah, we're looking forward to games. And can you just explain to the listeners, Willem, the importance of the four-day break you mentioned before? Like it might seem to people that far out AFL players get a good break at Christmas, why they need a four-day break. But would it be fair to say the mental side of 
just those four days can really stimulate you for the next portion of pre-season training before the games start? Yeah, definitely. I, I think we probably only had really two weeks back at, at the club before our four-day break, but just, just be able to get away for four days and freshen up. Um, yeah, the pre-season is pretty gruelling. You're doing anywhere yeah, from 15, 16 kilometres a day, so um, depending on, on what we're doing. But, yeah, just to be able to have that break, um, get away from footy for a bit and, and just enjoy yourself, um, yeah, really helps the boys going forward and especially going into games. And tell us a bit about Ken Hinkley, Willem. I personally think he's one of the great coaches in the AFL because of his demeanour, his authenticity. He looks like he's very honest with you guys, but it seems as though there's great rapport. I've never heard of anyone falling out with Ken in my time in the AFL, certainly following AFL. It, it, does, is he got a high level of energy towards the season? Is he is it another layer of focus that's really driving you guys? How's Ken handled this pre-season so far? Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, he's come back this pre-season. has brought a, a lot of um, new things and a lot of energy. And, um, yeah, as you said, he gets along really well with all the players and um, he's really honest in his feedback and, and how he sees it. And um, that's how we all like it as well. So um, a really honest, open relationship. And, um, yeah, he's been great so far. Is there any players that, obviously, honest feedback can be quite harsh at times? Um, like next to me, I heard last year in a trial game, give some really honest feedback. I thought, geez, if he was talking to me, I might have <laughs> quivered a little bit. Um, does Ken fire up in pre-season or is, it, is he fairly controlled? Um, oh, he's fairly controlled, I suppose. It just, yeah, it just depends. If, if there's something that he's not liking or whatnot, he'll always make sure that he says it. But, um, yeah, for the most part, he's pretty controlled. Um, yeah, but he definitely can fire up, that's for sure. You mentioned uh, pre-season games coming up. You're off to Perth to uh, play Frio and West Coast, uh, along with the Adelaide Crows. They're going over there as well. Uh, you're looking forward to the trip to Perth and actually playing against an opposition? Yeah, absolutely. I suppose it's always the best time when we get to play against um, opposition instead of playing against your teammates. So, um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be good to get away to Perth. I think we're going to stay over there for the week. So it'd be good to get away as, as a group and, um, yeah, really get going for the season ahead. And what's been the... the high emphasis from a uh, conditioning perspective, Willem. You mentioned before about 15 to 16 Ks a, a session. That's pretty demanding. What sort of levels have you guys got to with a week? Like, What would a full week look like for you guys with your, when you're at peak condition? Yeah, I, I suppose the last couple of weeks have been um, a little bit different to, to the previous weeks, but uh, we, we've been getting into a bit more match play now as well, which, which is nice. So um, we're getting most of our distance in through match play and then we have our um, running at the end of, end of each session as well. So, um, yeah, the, the high-performance staff and, and coaches look after all that and um, got it all down packed. You um, mentioned you're doing a little bit of match sim. Um, the midfield, do you think it will have a similar look this season? Obviously, Jason Horn francis comes into the club, so we'll, we'll probably see him running through the midfield a little bit. But anyone else that you think will uh, get a crack through the midfield? Yeah, we've got a great mix mix through there. And um, obviously, it's going to be pretty top spots, I suppose. But um, yeah, I think you'll see probably the usual people going through there. And um, obviously, Rose, Butsy, Jason going through there as well. Um, Boki, um, Ollie. Um, so yeah, there's a great mix. Um, and no doubt, there'll probably be a few more people going through there as well. Sam Pepper for another one, or um, just depending on, on what we um, have got against us. 
There is some potential for the forward line in particular to look different, Willem, with the acquisition of Junior Rioli, like you mentioned, uh, Francis Evans and also Horn Francis. So there's some players that are going to push that the current incumbent players in the forward line for positions. Can you see the look of that forward line being different at the start of the season? Oh, I, I think, yeah, it's going to be up to how, how the boys train and what the coaches want. But um, so far, it's, it's good to have multiple people for multiple positions and um, only going to make the team better. So, um, yeah, if everyone's fighting for a spot, it's a great thing. I've got off to a reasonably poor start last year, uh, zero and five. Has there been a focus from the coaching staff? Has that been spoken about or has it just been ignored? No, to be honest, it hasn't been spoken about. Yeah, we're, we're looking forward to the, the season ahead and um, looking forward to the pre-season games and, and definitely we don't want to start the way we did last year, um, which, which cost us in the end, really. So um, we, we haven't spoken a whole lot about it and we're just, yeah, really focused and, and ready to go this year. Just diverting away from footy, Willem, who who are you as a fella? You're from North Ballarat, Country Victoria, been over here in Adelaide for five or six years now. Who are you? What do you do and what makes your, your juices flow away from footy? Yeah, so yeah, originally from Warrnambool down in Victoria and, um, yeah, as you said, moved over five, six years ago, but um, loving Adelaide and um, got a good group of mates here now and, yeah, um, love getting down to the beach and playing my golf um, on days off, which is probably the, one of the main things I do, so... Um, no, I love my time. What courses do you guys attack around Adelaide when you go and have a hit? Um, well, I just have a few at Westlakes, um, a couple of boys at Royal, but, yeah, I'm, um, I'm at Westlakes. Not a bad course, Westlakes. Uh, handicap, quickly? Uh, handicap, yeah, it's about 11. So, nice. Um, That's good golf. Yeah, no, not too bad, but sort of been stuck around there. Who's the number one ranked at the club when it comes to the golf? Yeah, Ryan Burton would have to be. I think he's off, yeah, two or three. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely the best. A couple of injured players uh, from last year, Lysette and Fantasia. How are they looking? Yeah, Scotty Lysette obviously was injured for pretty much all of last year, so he's come back and he's training really well. Um, and, yeah, Ratio's, um he's had a little bit of a setback the last couple of weeks, um, and I'm not entirely sure on his program, but um, before that he was training really well and um, it, was, it was great to see him back out on the track. All right. what? Just a personal question now about where you like to play. Obviously, Adelaide Oval's home ground. It's the best ground in the world. Uh, apart from Adelaide Oval, where do you like to play? Um, oh, I'll probably say the MCG. I think, yeah, growing up as a kid, it's probably one of the, the big grounds you look at playing at and... Um, yeah, love getting there, obviously, from Victoria as well. So be able to get mates and family there is, is a big thing as well. And one more before we let you go. Who should Port fans keep an eye on this year? Who who do you believe is going to take a bit of a step in 2023? Um, oh, I, I think Zach Bales is probably going to take another step in his game. He's obviously a, a super talent and has, has played some really good footy in his career so far. But um, I think he'll he'll keep building on his um, career and um, have an outstanding season. We appreciate you uh, joining us on the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Willem, have a fantastic season and uh, all the best. It's not that far away. No worries at all. Thank you. Willem Drew from the Port Adelaide Footy Club. It was a good chat. He seems just like a level-headed guy, a hard worker, and he plays that way too, doesn't oh, he? Oh, spot on. I think we chatted the other week, Bonds, that sometimes... A way a player depicts himself on the field can generally 
come across very easily as to what type of person they are. And everything I've heard about Willem Drew is high-quality character and it, that's come across in the last 10 minutes for sure. Willem was brought to us by Kia, progressive technology, blistering performance and quality de- design. And if you've missed any of our shows, they're all podcasted. Or if you, you want to hear that chat with Willem again, you can go to our podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, just search for Sports Day SA and it'll be right there. Um, Twig, we're out of time. It's been uh, another jam-packed show. Thanks for coming in again on a Wednesday. Um, hopefully we'll get you back next week as well. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Looking forward to the heat and the sixes tomorrow night, seeing where we land with the big bash. Yes. Uh, it's all happening in a sport around Australia. Once again, thanks for joining us. This has been the summer edition of Sports Day SA. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The striking Kia range, the cornerstone of progressive technology, blistering performance and quality design. That's Kia.